0: Hello, it is me. It is me. Your true phenom, SP3. We are back live on WrestleBinge by Sports Keto Wrestling for another edition of Smack Talk, reviewing tonight's WWE SmackDown, AEW Rampage. Of course, I am here with the legendary manager, wrestler, and author Dutch Mantell. How are you doing this Friday evening, Dutch? Happy I am y'all.
1: doing good. Hey, I'm just holding up uh, my two books that that I wrote. Uh, excellent yeah. reading. It's Tales from a Dirt Road.
0: Let's get you on the big screen here. Big the
1: screen. host has enabled local recordings. I got it. Okay. Uh, the uh, Tales from a Dirt Road. Uh, that was my second book. My first book was The World According to Dutch. And you can get these books if you email me. Dirty Dutch Man Tale with two L's at gmail.com. And I'll get, I'll get back... Uh, right away with here's my new trading card that it still has to be revised a little bit but we'll just overlook that part right there but anyway they'll be up for sale soon so write me about those for all those uh, credit credit I was getting ready to say credit card but a trading card uh, collectors and uh, you know I'm learning more and more about the collectible business I wish I would just kept the stuff that through, through the years, I just threw away. I'm thinking, who in the hell wants this crap Till I found out? And you know the old saying, one man's trash is another man's treasure?
0: So it, it, it's true. So there let's get go. down
1: to business here
0: yes we got to talk about a jam-packed friday evening december 16th 2022 you had friday night smackdown from chicago illinois a lot of hype going into tonight's smackdown rampage you had the big matchup john moxley versus sammy guevara overall dutch i will say i enjoyed all three hours of wrestling tonight i thought that I thought that SmackDown, this was one of the better additions. And I thought that Rampage, it was one of the better paced shows. And it felt very connected to Dynamite that it doesn't usually feel like. And it felt like that tonight.
1: Well, I'm going to talk on SmackDown first. Good, good show. I mean, it started off a little slow with the girls. But then toward the end, they had a really, really good finish. And I'm not sold on... What's the hill's names? The Dakota Sky? Dakota Kai and Leo Sky? Not really sold on them yet. But the match was good. The match was really, really good. And in the second match, uh, well, we'll talk about it.
0: Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about the the, the whole.
1: I think overall SmackDown tonight was better than Rampage. But Rampage, they have a lot of things that I think they could do better. They're just not doing them, especially in the production area.
0: Well, I, I thought that the production and, like I said, the pacing of the show was much better. A lot of that might be down to, I don't know if you heard the news this week, Dutch, uh, AEW had a recent hire of Mike Mansuri, who was supposed to be pegged as the replacement for Kevin Dunn, something that you've been mentioning well, yeah, that- even during the Visek Man era of someone replacing Kevin Dunn. The person that they had in mind was Mike Mansuri, and apparently he has been acquired by AEW and is now running their production. Now.
1: well it's a good hire then if he's going to go in there and help their production because their show is decent it's not a blowaway show but if they would come up with a better production and you know my big beef is those backstage interviews they're like horrible I mean you know a, a top line independent show has interviews better than than Rampage does. I don't know what the problem is, but but if I don't know if he handles interviews or who's in charge of that. But if they if he can go in there
0: and, and get their production values up, it will help them 100 percent well sound off in the live chat we want to hear from all of you what did you think about smackdown what did you think about rampage we got uh stephen chambers in the live chat we got ozzy as well jason is here as well as randy keep sounding off in the live chat and of course your super chat donations if you're watching us on youtube they always help us out and uh, help out the channel help them grow and we want to grow this new channel here russell bin so let's get in to smackdown first up from chicago illinois and let's- get through the big thing that everybody was watching the show for it was apparently supposed to be a big night for the honorary Us, Sami Zayn, as was teased last week by Jay Uso. They started off the show with the Usos and Sami Zayn showing up at the building. Sammy had had cleaned up, clean trimmed down the the beard. He had his hair tied back into a ponytail bun. He was all decked out to the nine and a in a little blazer as well. We later in the night we saw the uh, Bloodline in the locker room, uh, basically talking over. Uh, then we got the Usos talking back and forth with Jay saying that tonight he believes Roman Reigns was going to make Sammy an official Oos, while Jimmy said that he thinks that Jay is setting him up for disappointment. Then later in the night, Roman Reigns showed up. He had it. He had the locker room to himself with Solo and the wise man, Paul Heyman. Jimmy Uso came in and kind of rode the fence a little bit. It was kind of weird. He's been very much on the side of Sammy Zayn, but he was right in the fence where he said he enjoys, you know know. know sammy uso but he also if you want to keep it to the family uh roman he's okay with that as well just give him the word and then roman called adam pierce to make a suggestion via paul heyman for a tag team match in two weeks time december 30th on smackdown of sammy Zayn and roman reigns versus Kevin Owens and a partner of his choosing. And then finally, we had the big segment at the end of the night. Roman Reigns coming out. Uh, very happy about what how the bloodline took care of business at Survivor Series, winning the men's war games. And he said that it was supposed to be a big night for Sami Zayn, but he keeps having this Kevin Owens problem get in the way. He keeps trying to drag him down. So that's why he's going to take care of business <laughs> with Sami against kevin owens in two weeks on december 30th and he doesn't think kevin owens will find a tag team partner but then on the screen it was none other than the 16 time world champion the peacemaker john cena who informs us that he received the text from kevin owens asking him to be his tag team partner talking about his streak of having at least one match every year of his wwe career the past 20 years except for this year so he has one chance to do it team up with kevin owens again against the bloodline so he accepts and it's on it's going to be Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens and John Cena on December 30th in Tampa on SmackDown. What did you think about the entire bloodline storyline how it progressed and developed throughout the night?
1: I got to commend WWE because they have patience. And when they entered the ring in that final segment, you said, "Well, okay." I didn't really think they would trigger it then, and they left some great teases, like when Sami Zayn says, "I was his only, I'm his only friend." They all stopped.
0: Oh, yes. And everybody said, "Oh God!" You but the, but cow- the shot that they got, remember when uh, Jay Jay said, "The uh, I don't care what Roman thinks," and they got the perfect camera shot, zoomed in on Roman's head lifting up. They missed that shot here. Because Roman made a face as soon as Sammy said it and the camera didn't focus in on it. I thought that was a misstep there.
1: How did you how did you know he made the face? You was looking at Roman?
0: Yeah, because Roman Roman had his head down again and then he popped his head up and made a face when Sammy said that, but the camera I, didn't focus on it.
1: Yeah, but I think everybody got it. They 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 knew that Sammy and uh, he maybe ran his and that's when you thought they were gonna. But before they could get into that, up comes John Cena, and they set it for December the 30th in Tampa, and I think they'll I think they'll sell it out. I really do. So, but uh, good show all the way around tonight. Really, really good show. One of the better shows. M- remember, I, we liked that show about a couple of weeks ago. Said it was your best show. This one beat that one. Yeah. So my, my my hats off to WWE because I think they have taken a product that was almost in the gutter and they have turned it around. The only match I didn't like was that throwaway match with the with the three man uh with the, the with the three teams in it.
0: Oh, we will will definitely and get I, to I, that.
1: I to, we got to talk about top dollar's die
0: Oh my God! And dude, you, you know, I instantly thought of you, Dutch, because you you were you you put your foot WWE made you put your foot in your mouth because you said a couple of weeks back you never see the big botches on WWE, whether it's the production missing it, whether it's the performers not doing stuff they don't not supposed to do. But top Dollar, after weeks and long weeks of them teasing him <laughs> doing a dive, he finally does it. And it's the worst dive I have seen on WWE television since, oh. since the Bellas was, back I in was, 2018. I was actually in the floor
1: rolling. And I backed it up three or four times. I said, I can't believe this. But he hit it and just, and the, the only thing that hit him was his foot. And then <laughs> Michael Cole was saying, well, he was, he was, he went down on that dive. He never went down. Well, well, no, he said there's a
0: there's a reason he doesn't go for that often. <laughs>
1: so I'm thinking, who in the hell's idea was this for him to – I mean, if he could have done a dive, it would have been fine. I wouldn't that, want – that guy's awfully big to catch.
0: Yes, yes. It I would take would, wouldn't want to, to be catch. the person catching him, no.
1: But to me, I just love the boss because of how funny it was. I mean that that added to the show to tell you the truth, but WWE still does not have the batch botches AEW does, because they they go ahead and this was a live show, That's probably why it was edited. It wasn't edited, and I think they left it in. I, I think they left it in on purpose. See, he's only got seven seconds. It's seven live. Seconds. You yeah, it's live. We've it, got
0: to is- we, we, we cover this up did not make uh, it look good can't go to a different camera shot for that one that was just uh i well, mean i i felt like the the match had pretty good you know fast-paced action especially with like legato del fantasmo in there and stuff but yeah just overall i didn't this was kind of the weakest part of the show like you said earlier because the finish, the finish picked up you got the girls in there but hit row winning was just like Uh, because after the report we heard earlier this week, Dutch, that uh Triple H that Triple H is apparently underwhelmed with a lot of the talent, a handful of the talent that he's already returned here. And this is something that I've been saying for weeks, Dutch. I've been saying he brought back all these people, but it's like when you buy a bunch of groceries, you got some extra money, and you buy a bunch of groceries, but you got you got bread that's a month old because you're not able to get through the groceries that fast. That's what he did. He he bought too much groceries I th- yeah
1: i thought the same thing he's underwhelmed with some talent Well, i wonder why because top dollar i'm looking at him i said these guys aren't ready and you know there's uh, another another performer i'm underwhelmed with was what was uh what was the girls match who was who was uh who was in that first match the baby faces uh,
0: Liv morgan yep. and uh Tegan knox
1: yeah i'm not i'm not impressed with her still so but we'll see
0: we shall see. Wait, uh, can Hit roll. I
1: say something right here? T, uh, AEW. Who did, uh, who who beat Jericho Wednesday?
0: On oh, High. Action, action Andrade. You see that? I love that. I, I thought it was the best jobber beats an established talent since one, two, three kid beat Razor Ramon because and that and even Sean Waltman himself went on Twitter and said that was a better matchup. Than one, two, three kid versus Razor Ramon back in the day at, at on raw because one, two, three kid, admittedly, Sean Watman himself said he landed like two moves. This was Andretti looking good, getting highlighted, and then beating Jericho with a move, not a roll-up, not a fluke win. This was different in a lot of ways. I loved it. What about you? Well, I liked the
1: match and I liked the way they did it. What they gotta watch out now is putting this and Andretti against the other heels because you can't blow past the fact that he was in there with jericho jericho was telling him everything to do but when he gets in there with some of those other other guys that doesn't have the experience that jericho has and i hope we don't see that but there is a possibility for that how old is that kid
0: um, I'm not too sure. I can look it up here in a second. Early um,
1: 20s, maybe 23. Yeah, he's in his
0: he's definitely in his twenties. And Jericho okay. just just basically saw him on a dark, a dark match against QT Marshall, and he was like, That kid's a star. I wanna I wanted to do this angle, and they and they pulled it off on uh winter is coming, a very memorable uh moment and a memorable like debut for action Andretti. It was good stuff there. We do have back. a
1: Congratulations to him. Hope he does well.
0: We do have a super chat donation here from Hannibal. Thank you so much, Hannibal. Definitely appreciate that. Who says? Uh, really appreciate L.A. Knight working with Bray. Uh, Knight is someone who can run with Bray on the mic. I wonder if Bray handpicked Knight too creative. Let's talk about that huge segment that we got on the show with Bray Wyatt and L.A. Knight. Following up from last week, we saw footage. Uh, there was a QR code with a a video that showed the footage of what happened after you know we asked what happened when the lights went out when they went to commercial break last week they showed it with uh with la Knight being basically tied up and kidnapped into a room by bray wyatt wearing the mask beaten down and stuff this week he's back and he's looking for bray wyatt he calls him out to the ring bray wyatt uh says that he i don't think you really want to do this i don't really want to think you want to you know rattle the monster's cage and break <laughs> and yeah, we got Bray LA Knight with the great yeah. He was he was fired up in a lot of ways. It was similar to like the Ric Flair, fired up, yeah, yeah, yeah. It felt it felt like his mannerism and stuff, but Bray gets into the ring, Knight attacks him, he stomps away at him, and then suddenly. Uh, Uncle Howdy appears on the Tritontron after a video shows with uh the Uncle Howdy talking about you really don't want to do that. He says you want to see something scary. Uh, Knight starts attacking Wyatt again, and then Uncle Howdy in the physical form walks out. He tips his hat to Knight, in, uh, at the top of the entranceway, Uncle Howdy starts laughing hysterically for several minutes across the screen across the loudspeakers. He stood on the uh, on the end on the top of the way with a cloud of smoke surrounding him. And Wyatt watched from the corner as a terrified night took off through the crowd. I thought this segment was, it was fine for what they were trying to accomplish here to establish well, that Bray Wyatt and uncle Howdy are two different people. I just felt like it felt kind of flat in my opinion. You know why? Because they
1: didn't, they didn't have a, a get out point. Yeah. They just left you there. And then when they came back, everybody was gone. And you said, wait a minute. But they did the same thing last week in the dressing room. But, but even though they did the same thing last week, it still piqued my interest. I said, I want to see what they're going to do. And that's what wrestling is. you got to keep them tuning in for something. And that was the big point. They had two things on this show, Bray Wyatt and the Sami Zayn thing. Two hooks to get you into the show. And they showcased those two spots there's two uh, 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 moments, and yeah. they, they did a good job with it. The only slowdown, like we are talking about, is that three-man uh, tag team. But the rest of it, you know, when you look up, when you're watching it, and all of a sudden you say, well, what time is it? It's like ten fifteen. You said, damn, this show has moved pretty fast. Yeah. Because if you start looking at it 15 after, you say, oh, my God, get do something, please. But hats off to... Triple H and the creative team and everybody, because I think he's motivated everybody. Everybody's putting out their, their best work, and some things will catch on, some things won't. The Bray Wyatt thing tonight was fine, like you said, because now I'm interested. How'd that end? Or where is this going? That's actually a it little surprised me that we even had uh, Uncle Howdy show up, and I was thinking, wait a minute. And it went on and on and on. And I kept thinking, well, what are we waiting on here? And I think everybody else was thinking the same thing because you don't got to be a, a NASA rocket scientist to understand how WWE, they do their stuff. But I was expecting the third act like we were last week, but it didn't happen.
0: Yeah, they're kind they're of <laughs> doing this very Maybe. slow. They're telling this story very, very slowly.
1: Well, I, I applauded their patience, because now they're showing patience on this. I mean, you, they could run through it. I mean, they know where they're going. They could run through it up front, but then where are they going? So, and the Sami Zayn thing, how long have they been doing that? Over a year, right?
0: This started in like April, the Sami with uh, the Bloodline.
1: Eight months, yeah. and that is an an eternity in WWE time. Tonight's show, I would give a 9 out of a 10 on their show, and I never do that.
0: <laughs> I won't go that high but this was like I said one of the better the better shows and a lot of that was down to uh their two big title matches that they had on this show you talked about it earlier the opening matchup for the WWE women's Tag Team Championships you had Dakota Kai and EO Sky of damage control with Bailey uh versus Liv Morgan and Tegan Knox they went to the floor when uh Bailey tried to get involved by grabbing Tegan Knox she fought off Bailey Threw her into the crowd, but as she went to the guardrail, she got kicked by a hooded figure and then uh got put back into the ring by EO Sky, who delivered the over the moon salt for damage control to retain the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships. I thought this match was a good start to the show. It was a good opener. I thought all four ladies worked really hard with one another, but we then found out that the hooded figure, the hooded uh, woman, was just Zia Lee. I'm sorry dudge hey in I my
1: opinion I didn't get that
0: yeah they they said it over commentary and they showed a video on their social media but I'm sorry dudge that's like your wife telling you I got a surprise for you honey and then you go home and all it is is socks I rather you just tell me honey I got your socks uh-huh. don't tell me you got me a surprise don't put a hooded figure over freaking socks that's really? what Zia Lee being this hooded this hooded woman was for me
1: well, my wife told me one time she had a surprise for me and went home she had a shotgun. <laughs> that surprised me. I said, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, you know, I'm your feelings. I'm sorry. Let's calm down. let talk this over. No, but I missed that because this is the way I watch uh, the, the SmackDown. I go in there about 8.30 because I tape it. And then I sit down and then now I don't, I don't have to wait through all those long-ass commercials. And I can kind of speed through it and I got it timed down to where I'm almost at the final segment. I mean I haven't waited for anything. So and that's why it, it runs by pretty fast for me. But the thing with the that I wouldn't even set who it was. I mean, let's do some mystery.
0: Yeah. Did you, did you take your mic out? I don't know if I hear you. Is it just me? If Am I the one that can't hear you? Because I can't hear you. <laughs> I don't know if Dutch disconnected himself. You can hear me, though, Dutch, right? Thumbs up. You can hear me? I can't hear you. <laughs> this is what live, live streaming is all about, ladies and gentlemen. No volume, Dutch. Uh, yeah, I guess. I guess Dutch either disconnected or is not connected i don't know what's going on i'll continue with the review though here uh so yeah you had the all the uh women's title match tag team title match and then the other title match on this show was the intercontinental championship up for grabs as dutch is going to regroup and you'll be right back intercontinental champion Gunther going one-on-one with Ricochet. This one was has been built up for a couple of weeks since Ricochet defeated Santos Escobar in the SmackDown World Cup. And my, oh, my, did these two men deliver. This was honestly one of my favorite SmackDown or WWE TV matches of the year. Dutch, are you... Gunther, uh, Gun- Gunther versus Gunther, Ricochet.
1: Tremendous, tremendous match. And remember, at the end, you said who is going over in this? And I said, well, Guther's going to go over this. And the reason being is nothing against Ricochet, but Guther—I I mean, Ricochet's been there a while. So, but Guther needs to get over. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you, Ricochet tonight actually was over more at the finish by losing than he would have been by winning. Because if he had won, where where would they go, really? They have nowhere to go. But both Gunther, since he made that brilliant showing against uh, Seamus at at, at, the, at the Castle Show in what were Wales, Clash yeah. at the Castle. I mean, he's he, he started to get over. That's why I was so disappointed when on one of the matches he was running from the monster of monsters. I'm saying, why in the hell? I mean, I would never have him run. I might have him look and then step out of the ring, which would have got him more heat. Uh, they never touch, which is which is fine. I think the people have forgotten that now, but but now it, it makes sense because they had to book this uh, from the castle. They had to have, probably have had to book this four weeks out or five weeks out. So that shows me that they're concentrating now. Uh, on long-term booking instead of the short-term. That's what they were doing before. Yeah. In the short-term, it, it doesn't get over. Gunther, is he's over. Ricochet is over. For that match, for the lack of, except for Ricochet's uh, acrobatics, I mean, they just beat the hell out of each other. And the people were buying it. So I'm watching that crowd. I said, damn. I mean that Ricochet and Gunther, they got a reaction out of that crowd. So they're kinda on their own, I think. Triple H is trying to add the element of physicality and more wrestling to it. Because Gunther, let's face it, he's not a high flower guy. No. But when he does it, people are sitting there believing it. Because you know, you can sit there and say, man, he slapped the hell out of it. But at the end, Ricochet was laying it in, too. Yeah, you know yeah. Ricochet,
0: Ricochet brought the aggression, like, to, definitely in, like, the third gear of this uh matchup. Like, taking off the tape, uh get, you know, laying in the strikes and the slaps, and then uh hitting a big super kick and stuff. But Gunther, in my opinion, is, like, the the most complete professional wrestler in the business today. He's got the size. He's got the strength. Like a lot of his moveset is very basic stuff. It's a chop. It's a power bomb. It's a big slam. It's a big It's Same. a chokehold putting his body on you. But everything matters. Everything looks like it hurts, Nothing. and it's very effective with Nothing. everything he does in the ring.
1: He's like Jake the Snake. Jake the Snake had no wasted moves. Yeah. Gunther doesn't either. And he sells it. He's not flying. When you punch him, you know, he's not flying all over the place. He's registering. It's called, it's not called a sale, it's called a register. Registering the punches, you know, you rock a little bit. But again, I will say that Ricochet got over more tonight. I mean, if you just don't count his background, but he was he he was over more leaving the ring than he was getting in the ring. And he was over more losing than he would be winning because now where is he going to go? But now Gunther has a place to go. And I think that is one of the better matches I've seen. Might've been one of the best matches I've seen on WWE television since I've been watching it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And this, is, this is, goes to my point of I made it on, uh, I believe, another podcast uh, with Rick Uchino where I talked about that Triple H is doing a lot better with the people that were already there than the people that he signed to come back. And yep. Ricochet is another example of that over the course of the past month with his match against Mustafa Ali in the first round of the World Cup, then beating Braun Strowman in an upset, and then that great match with Santos Escobar, and then this Banger. This was one of the best SmackDown matches that we saw all year. Just a great styles clash. Gunther putting Ricochet away with the last symphony after Ricochet kicked out of the power bomb. He, he got his feet up for the big splash. He kind of countered all of Gunther's big moves where he had to pull out his kind of his fail safe uh move now, which is the last symphony for the win. And then after the match, Gunther and Imperium went to attack Ricochet, but Braun Strowman came out and ran them off, setting up Braun versus versus Ricochet, versus uh, Ludwig Kaiser and Giovanni Vinci next week in a Miracle on 34th Street fight on, the, uh, on a special holiday edition of SmackDown that will be taped tonight.
1: Okay, let me ask you this. What match, let's say the match between Ricochet and Gunther has not happened, what match would you be looking more forward to seeing? Gunther and Ricochet or Gunther and the Monster of All Monsters?
0: I'd be I'm more ready for another round of Gunther and Ricochet than I really want to see Braun versus uh, Gunther because Gunther works better with a guy like Ricochet than a guy like Braun like Braun is not not the type of guy like (laughs) Seamus that that can just you know well they can have that hard hitting like battle of attrition like those guys had at Clash of the Castle Braun has to have a guy that he can kind of toss around and kind of use be powerful against and i don't see this being the best matchup for gunther
1: well i think when they have this match that you said they're having it tonight
0: uh they're having the tag team match tonight which is braun and Ricochet versus imperium but i i you can tell from where we're going in the direction here they've been building to braun Strowman versus gunther which i think is might be the matchup where they take the intercontinental title off of Gunther because the uh the latest rumor from wrestling this week in regards to WrestleMania matches, Dutch. Uh they say that Triple H has penciled in or has discussed the uh option or the possibility of doing Gunther versus Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 39 in Los Angeles. And I'm sorry. That's not going to be for the Intercontinental title. So if they are doing that matchup, they are going to take the Intercontinental title off of Gunter sooner rather than later.
1: Well, I hate to see that. Because to put it on the monster of all monsters, to, in, in my opinion, is a mistake. If the car is running good, the car is flying down the road, it's not missing anything, you got great tires on it, you got a lot of, you can get a lot of mileage out of it. Ride that car to it runs out of gas. Gunther has got a full tank, and he's running. And I would start running some of those baby faces by him. I, I think he could, and I have nothing wrong with switching that title, but not for long, I think he needs to end up with it again.
0: I would, I would have Gunther hold this title for the next year. Honestly, I would too. Like, like, he needs that dominant run. Like I, I am ready and willing to see. I, I would pay money to see Gunther versus Brock Lesnar. But I just I don't too. think that this WrestleMania is the time to pull the trigger on it. I think that you can have Gunther but hold on to but, the Intercontinental Championship and face someone like a Drew McIntyre or or another can, round with Sheamus. He could still go with uh he could still go with Brock. They could just got a work some I don't, kind of- it, It's not gonna be for the Intercontinental title. I just don't see. It. I don't see Brock Lesnar facing Gunther for the Intercontinental title. That's the whole reason Bobby Lashley had to use the, lose the U.S. title because he had a match with Brock Lesnar. Well, if you haven't figured it out yet,
1: there are ways to do things <laughs> without putting that title up. Anything can happen. He could refuse to put it up, a personal challenge, a money challenge, this challenge, that challenge. But <clears throat> I would keep him strong to uh, WrestleMania. Yeah. This is the point. This is the point that if you really want to get him over, Brock does the job for him. If you really want to get him over, and you could do it in a way doesn't even hurt Brock and. They just got to talk him into it, throw him another million dollars or something. Yeah, you do it. What
0: I, if you I, just want a, I don't what do you see want I don't see Brock Lesnar having a match for the Intercontinental Championship. I, I am willing to admit Let when I'm wrong, me. but I don't see it right now. Why not? Because that Brock Lesnar doesn't go for mid-card titles. He's never even had an opportunity at the Intercontinental Championship you, since his rookie year. Let's say...
1: You've told them that you're not going to go for mid-card titles. And they said, well, listen, I'm going to put you in here. You're not going to win, but we're going to give you an extra billion dollars. Would you do it?
0: They're not going to do that because they're not even. Now you uh, don't know. Yes, he I do. Yes, I won't do. Won't based based he, on the report he, that we heard. We heard earlier earlier today uh, of Sasha Banks uh, asking WWE for the same type of pay that Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair was making. But uh, WWE apparently does not view Sasha Banks as the star on their level. They feel like she has peaked as a star and won't be at the top of the company in the next five years. So if they okay. don't think Sasha Banks deserves the same now. money as Charlotte and Becky Lynch, I, I don't think they're going to spend more money, extra money to have Brock Lesnar in an Intercontinental title match. Well, she
1: she approached her employment in a bad way by just walking out and embarrassing the company. Now they're not inclined to work with her and damn sure not inclined to reward her. Because what that does is tell the other people, hey, if you think you got the point to walk out, make them chase you. And Naomi's not back. So something we th- remember we talking about, she's coming back, she's coming back. Neither one of them came back. So but I don't I don't think I think Sasha, how long has she been there?
0: Ten years? Sasha Banks been with WWE since about 2013, 2014. So about like eight, nine eight years. years. You know, every performer
1: and every football player, every basketball player. Has a shelf life. You put it on the shelf. You can almost look at that expiration date, <clears throat> especially on a can of beans. Say that's a wrestler sitting there, <clears throat> and WWE if they use them right, they got eight years, five to five to ten, and she's at the she's at the end of that. Now they're looking at her and saying, well, I don't think she will be the star going forward. And I I. I I can't disagree with that. I'm not agreeing with it, but I'm not disagreeing with it either. Because they've already had a major problem with her. And what's going to keep them from having a major problem again? They get to a pay-per-view, me want to do this, but I don't want to do that. That's a bunch of shit. You don't go on that. You've got to remember that if you're working for WWE, they're signing your checks. And, you know, they can just... It could be, get really, really messy, and I don't know why. It, you're if you're, it's called a profession for a reason. You get paid for it, and if you don't want to do it, it's like somebody cutting your grass, guy comes up said, "I don't want to cut your grass. I'm just going to trim these hedges here." Why well, I want my grass? No. Well, it's the same thing. But I kind of, I'm not going to disagree with him on that. I don't see her as uh, being, and she made. It's just a. Uh, I'm just not disagreeing with
0: him. Do you disagree uh, with him? Yes, I do. 100%. Sasha Banks deserves got, as much but, as much but, pay as Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch. She's over. just as talented and just as over as both of those ladies. Talent the has, only the only difference I I see and I can't even say it's, you know, her i can't say being a problem backstage maybe the walking out is is the biggest thing and i agree with you in that 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 might be the reason that they're hesitant to pay her that amount of money but it seems like new japan has because uh dave Meltzer in the wrestling observer newsletter also reported that uh sasha banks has confirmed to uh she's going to appear at wrestle kingdom 17 as well as multiple dates for new japan pro wrestling and she's getting paid more per appearance than chris jericho was during and he, his run in New Japan from 2018 to 2020, where he raised the business of New Japan. So, very interesting times here. I think it's going to be a huge year for Mercedes Monet, Mercedes Venado, AKA Sasha Banks. Let
1: me ask you Do you think uh, Jericho was very successful, right? Yeah. You think she will be as successful as Jericho in keeping those gates up?
0: I think that she will bring a lot of fans to New Japan that weren't already fans more than even Jericho did. And I believe that she's going to have a bigger impact going to New Japan than she ever would have going back to WWE.
1: There's no saying in the wrestling business. If she goes over there, I'm sure she's insisting on uh, controlling her own destiny. Yeah. The old saying in wrestling is you cannot book yourself. Because you will book yourself into a hole. I've seen it time and time and time again. Guys try to book and put themselves on top.
0: And Well, New Japan, New Japan doesn't allow that. New Japan has a very, very strict hierarchy that has been established for years. Gato is the booker. You can come to Gato with a bunch of ideas, but at the end of the day, Gato is the one that's booking.
1: I understand that. You know what Gato i read? Where he, he he watched a lot of and learning how to book. What do you think he watched a lot of? Memphis. Memphis was one and, and Puerto Rico.
0: I can I can tell Memphis. Very, very much from the stuff I've seen of Memphis, you could see kind of how he structures out his feuds, how he books his feuds months and months and weeks and weeks. How intricate he books everything. You could see that in like how it is with Memphis, how Memphis was in uh in your heyday.
1: Well, believe me, we didn't. <laughs> we did book Memphis months and months
0: and months. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> Well, we, hey, well we there you go.
1: Up, we would make it up on the spot. Let's go.
0: And I do you, what do, do you think to- of that, Dutch, though? Uh, what do you think of Mercedes Arnado, a.k.a. Sasha Banks, possibly going to AEW now that she's? it's been a confirmed that she's officially done with WWE?
1: Okay, if she got that big money in Japan, she's not going to AEW because Tony Khan, he's, he's not going to roll over on that money. That's just hundred thousand dollars that's a lot of that's a lot of moolah and he's not gonna do it i don't blame him so
0: well let's finish up with smackdown here uh like we said earlier hit row got the win in the triple threat tag team match but, they'll be but, facing
1: They got the win with that big dive out of the ring
0: no they did not no they did not <laughs> no they definitely did not um he went boom <laughs> they got the <laughs> win with the heavy hitter uh to get the win here they'll face the usos uh for the undisputed wwe tag team titles next week on the show and then you also had in the trainer's room uh we got informed that there's going to be a gauntlet match to determine the number one contender for ronda rousey smackdown women's championship we heard from raquel rodriguez discussing her injury and that right. she promises to win the gauntlet next week and then Ronda Rousey and Sheena Baszler come in. They attack her, and and Ronda ends the beatdown by telling her, "Ice it. Twenty minutes will do Wait. it." <laughs> Twenty minutes do it. Great hey, line I, by Ronda.
1: I like Rousey and uh, Baszler as a team because they're heels. They act like heels. They don't give a shit about them. nobody else. They just talking to themselves. Don't give a crap about the fans. They just go and just beat people up. And they're getting over. I mean, I think they're getting over more uh, now than they were in the past because they was trying to push Rhonda as a baby face. That was a big, big mistake. Because she didn't, I mean, being a heel is her natural, you know, that's that's her default mode is being a heel. Goes out there and she wants to slap kids and all this kind of stuff. I, and she's very entertaining too and I like her walk to the ring because that's when she's telling her story but they're getting over and I like what they did tonight to uh, Miss Ra- uh, Raquel
0: yes this was this was a very fun beat down there and a nice little one-liner from ronda rousey to end the beat down so let's talk about now Dudge uh aew rampage you had to open the show john moxley going one-on-one with sammy guevara uh i thought this match delivered uh you had sammy pulling out the earring of john moxley him bleeding from the ear that was during the commercial we come back to Moxley just bleeding from the ear and that became a lot of the story of the match at one point you had Ty Mello wiping the blood all over Moxley and then slapping him, and then Sammy wiping the blood on his lips and making out with Ty. You had <laughs> Moxley getting a big dive, taking out uh Guevara. Guevara got control, hit a perfect swanton off the top rope through the timekeepers table on Moxley puts him back into the ring he looks like he's gonna go for the win when Moxley puts on the bulldog choke and Guevara passes out so Moxley wins via referee stoppage and then post-match he calls out hangman Adam Page hangman Adam Page goes against the advice of evil Uno gets into a brawl with Moxley he buckshot Larry it's a security guard on accident going after Moxley he then clotheslines Moxley into the crowd, and the uh, security pulls them away. I love the energy and the like the aggressiveness of Hangman Page uh, coming off of the promo. I, I know you don't watch Dynamite, but it was a great promo. If you could go out of your way to see it, Dutch, where Hangman Adam Page says the reason he's going after John Moxley is that uh, the night that he got the concussion against Moxley, he said he could remember all the things. He could remember what city they were in, what day it was. But then uh, the uh, people in the ambulance told him your phone is going off the off the hook he puts on the phone and it's a picture of his son and the the people in the in the ambulance tell him oh your your son's so adorable what's his name and he didn't remember his son's name and he he took that away from him it took him hours to remember his son's name and that pain still stays with him so that's why he wants to deliver that same pain to John Moxley good interview
1: very good interview because if you make it personal, you know, the people, the fans, they could have been in the same situation. And now he wants to get back. Now they're kind of feeling what Hangman Page is feeling. I think the match will be good. I think they got something there. If they don't have another scrum and have a big fight before before they get there, they may have something with that. You know who Hangman Page looks like a little bit to me? Who? Oh. When he's coming down the ramp. I'd say this, but his face, just in his face, he looks a little bit like Chris Benoit.
0: You think so? I could—I could see I could see why you would say that. Like a young, yeah, young Chris Benoit, I could see that. And sometimes I say, I don't need to
1: think like that, because you know, Benoit, he left a, a bad taste in people's mouth, especially yeah. what he did. But but
0: well this what did like,
1: you think about uh he goes things like this and you can feel if it's getting hot now Tony needs to concentrate on that because he's yeah. got something there. So let's let's have a little patience, like WWE is doing right now and see where they can take that.
0: Yeah, he's got two very uh big programs going on with uh Hangman Adam Page and John Moxley and then also MJF and Brian Danielson. What did you think about the opener though of Moxley and uh Sammy Guevara here?
1: It was a good match and they worked their they worked their butts off. Guevara, how do you say his name? Guevara. Is that warrior in Spanish or I believe so. Something, something like that. He did a leapfrog off of something. He was on the offense, and he shot him in. Then he did the leapfrog, and then a forward row, and I'm thinking, wait a minute, he's got the offense. Why would he shoot a guy in just a – I mean, if you really think about that, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. But I don't think the fans really think of it that way. But it doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, okay, you can can do a leapfrog. You should be able to do it. You're 21 years old and (laughs) – you know, you ought to jump up and dunk a basketball. You can do that. We got that. But what is the – so if you, if, if you kind of watch Gunther move, uh, work, and then Sammy, Gunther has no wasted movements like I, I said before. I mean, what he does means something. He makes it mean something. And I like the way Sammy got beat. He didn't tap because the referee did it because he was out. That's always to me if if you could gonna tap, just say, hey, just not just, just ring the bell. And yeah. the referee makes a decision. I like that finish a lot better. That's so he can say, I never tapped. I never tapped.
0: Exactly. Can't
1: even, can't even say it. you you may have won, but I never tapped.
0: Uh we got saraya with a bat with a little vignette with comments about the upcoming jamie hater versus akara shida title match on wednesday's dynamite and uh she also talks about Britt baker and jamie hater and the big tag team matchup on january 11th and says there's a plethora of talent for her to choose from for her like, mystery partner
1: i like that word plethora a plethora of talent a lot of talent
0: there you uh, she had a good she had
1: a good interview i'm kind of a jamie Hader fan
0: oh i love jamie Hader. i'm a huge jamie Hader fan
1: i I like her who is the other girl that goes out with uh dr baker rebel What's rebel yeah she worked too she's been in some matches right
0: yeah she's been in matches she worked in tna and she's worked a few times in aew but she's mostly just a a manager okay Manager of champions, Rebel. There, uh, then we had a FTR in-ring promo. Man, FTR are on fire in the ring, but they're also on fire on the mic. They talk about their two losses last week, uh, last week to the acclaim for the AEW world tag team titles, as well as to the briscos and the double dog collar match at ROH final battle, losing the ROH world tag team championships. Apparently, Dax Hardwood broke his tail, his ass bone, his tailbone, and he actually showed it to the crowd. They blurted out to us home viewers. Uh, Wheeler and Harwood cut a promo appreciative of the fans and their support this year, which they call the best their best year in wrestling, and they promised to give the Gun Club the beating. Uh, Billy Gun never did, and they're going to tan their hide or whip their ass this Wednesday at the Holiday Batch. I love Dax Harwood. Dax Harwood brings so much passion into everything he says. He makes you feel, like he said in his promo. He's trying to make the fans feel he makes you feel something every time he talks and i thought this this promo by ftr was excellent
1: well that's that's the beauty of doing interviews you got to reach them you got to go for the heart you can't say oh i trained and trained and worked and ran and did." people don't give a shit about that but they give a shit about the dream they give the shit about where the guy wants to be he wants to get somewhere and everybody has that in their life so if you can put Yourself or your uh, what you you want to do, put that in a way to where they could apply it to their regular life. Yeah, you know, you're reaching them, and once you touch that heart, you got them. You don't got to do nothing else. Once you once you get inside that heart, you know people say, I, "I like that guy," and you may not even know the reason why. Reason why is because he touched you, and then your heart told your brain. Now that's the way you feel. Makes sense, right? Yep. Sure. I mean it's uh, like if you're watching an actor and all of a sudden this happened. Now you know it's rehearsed, but if he makes you feel it, you, you're in that movie. You're yep. in it. And you're gonna enjoy it. So and these dads, yeah, they did a they did a good job. Great job.
0: Hell of a hell of a promo Not by dad's gas. You could
1: have done, of course.
0: Oh I of mean, course, of course. Yeah. Of course. Me and me and Dutch would be the promo yeah. duo to end all duos. We'd have like a five minute standing ovation. Just all the talking. We say like one sentence each. Yeah. And they'll just clap for us. And they just fall out. All the guys pull their drink and just oh god.
1: (laughs) That's just just the way you do it. So
0: well, we got a quick uh vignette interview quickly with uh, Jade Cargo in the Baddies. And they actually tease some dissension between Jade Cargo and Red Velvet, which they seem to have kind of positioned Layla Gray as kind of a brown noser and a snitch to Jade Cargo because she showed her footage of Red Velvet not looking that enthused during the six woman tag team matchup. But I like this development because it makes sense for Red Velvet to be kind of salty and have tension with Jade. Jade because of her firing Akira uh, Hogan who was kind of the, the cold baddie to Red Velvet well you watch this a lot closer than I do
1: because I'm considering myself as a casual fan of AEW because it moves by so fast and sometimes things are not explained like I don't even know the, what these girls have been through But they're not trying to re-educate me either. So unless you're a loyal fan of AEW, you miss it totally. See what I mean? Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So, So they did the interview, and it's like 45 seconds. But how much can you get in in 45 seconds? You can't get that much in. I mean, they didn't reach me here. They were just a bunch of Oregon women. And so let them straighten it out. But you, you watch it a lot closer than I do. But they still, I'm going to say, uh, oh, they're. Uh, did you tell me they're getting the new producer? What's his they name? Have the,
0: yeah, they have the new uh, executive producer, Mike Manseri. Okay, I,
1: I was going to mention this. I thought about it tonight. Uh, WWE was missing a lot of those shots tonight, like you said. They yep. didn't get the face for some reason. So Kevin Dunn, you think he's still on his way out or no?
0: I don't think so now, unless uh, another person, another candidate is going to pop up. The person that a lot of people within WWE had as the main candidate to take his place that Triple H was actually looking into bringing back to the company was Mike Manceri. Mm -hmm.
1: I don't think I know him. But I didn't know a lot of those production guys because they're in the truck or doing something else, and I don't really have time to sit out and get to know a lot of them. Makes sense, but, <clears throat> Kevin. I thought he would be. Do Do you hear anything in all these? What does Meltzer say about it?
0: Since. Hmm. What well, is- M- Meltzer and uh, and Feifel both reported that WWE was those within WWE were really surprised by the hiring and felt like it was a huge hire for AEW that a lot of people weren't talking about because uh, a lot of people didn't know that WWE had pegged him as the lead candidate to replace Kevin Dunn.
1: Hmm. Interesting. So we- uh, let's. Uh, Keep me in the loop on that.
0: I will. I will for sure. Let's, let's talk about Dr. Britt Baker, DMD getting a win over sky blue. This one went five minutes. You had uh Jamie hater and rebel in her corner. Uh, uh, Britt got the win with the curb stomp after the match. Baker uh, put Sky Blue in the lockjaw, but then Hikara Shida came out with the Singapore cane. She hit Rebel as well as Baker, and then had a face to face with Hater to hype their matchup this Wednesday on the Holiday Bash edition of AEW Dynamite. The match itself. It was kind of just there. They only got five minutes that that aired of the show. I thought Britt Baker looked strong, but it was weird. I think they are – I still think they're building to it, but it was weird for the AEW Women's Champion kind of playing second fiddle to Baker here. Well, I didn't much like – if she's going to go up
1: against Hader, they should have exchanged something there. But it was just words, and then Hader dropped out of the ring. I would have added a little more there or something or – one go to hit the other or something. They just stood there and just jarred and then she left. I mean, they were just something missing there. I don't know how much steam it
0: has behind it anyway. Does it have much steam? Not, not much steam. I think the match is going to deliver because both of these ladies are really good, but they haven't really spent any time really building this up. They just had, you know, Hikaru Shida getting the win last week to set up her as the number one contender. Yep. It is what it is. Exactly. Then we had Jim Ross with a sit-down interview with Preston Vance. Once again, he pops me for how much he doesn't care for little kids. Preston Vance is rising up my list of favorites. He runs down the, the remaining members of the Dark Order. He puts over his credentials as a college athlete. He then uh, he then says that negative one, Brody uh, Lee Jr., has turned into a, a snot-nosed little brat and he said it's time for negative one to grow up. This was great. I love this. Well, I was thinking, wait a minute, the kids, how old is the kid? 10? 11?
1: <laughs> I think he's like 11 or 12. That could be a great gimmick. That could be a great angle. This could be the longest feud ever. <laughs> then, yes. Yeah, so, hey, when you grow up, when you, when you hit 21, how long is that? 10 years? When you hit 21, I'm going to beat your ass, you little bastard. But... But I'm thinking. Wait a minute. That's a different angle. The kid has changed, especially what's happened to him with his father and all. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to watch that one. You got to be. You'd have to be a little careful with that. One. But it, it is. It's different. I'll say that.
0: Uh, we Then we had a quick little squash match, Warlord dominating uh, Exodus Prime. Exodus Prime marked me out, though, with one of the greatest cells to oh a power bomb I've ever seen, where he literally stands on his head and spins. <laughs> that, 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 I've that was never ridiculous seen that cell. My
1: oh, my God. And he looked like... <laughs> oh, his... He didn't look very competent, but I like when he kissed his arm. He did that and it was actually it was good for what it was. I think Exodus one got over. He got over hit, in my face. We're talking about him. Because he he's got something. See, that's what I'm saying. Bookers, bookers look at talent like that. And you noticed him. We noticed him. He got the shit beat out of him, but doesn't matter. If his people notice him, that means he has something, and now Booker's have to go and see what he has, and it may work out. Like it may work out great for him. Yeah. So, and if he has somebody, you know, you saw Jericho uh, saw the kid. What was his name again that beat him?
0: What was uh, his name? action, Andrade? Yeah, and,
1: and he saw him and says, "I like him." And see if we can do something with it. Yep, and I applaud Jericho because he said, i go out there and I'll put him over, and he did, and that's because yep. he knows how to draw money in wrestling. So,
0: indeed, oh, uh, after the match, Warlow calls out Samoa Joe, but the king of television responds <laughs> uh, from backstage. Uh, backstage. He- he said he won't defend the TNT title in this god-awful state of Texas, but he will defend it on the last AEW Dynamite of 2022. He will face him in Colorado on the December 28th episode of Dynamite, which is going to be their New Year Smash. So a big TNT championship matchup set up there. Samoa Joe, I just, I, I can feel he's getting more and more confident on the mic and in the ring right now. Yeah. Uh, he can do it
1: and he can talk if he wants to. And he's better as a, as a heel than he is a babyface. A babyface, but you do take him serious. Yeah. You know, he do not he don't shoot any crap or anything. But as a heel, <clears throat> this is like the first time I've, ever, I've seen him. I see him a little bit in DNA as a heel. But here, I, I enjoyed him now because he started off by mocking. Uh <laughs> like, war low, war, love, war love. <laughs> uh-huh. And I started laughing. Come to think of it, I kind of enjoyed the uh, AEW show this week. <laughs> Yeah, you, you, haven't, have, uh, you really I mean, haven't even really dictated more. I'm getting with it a little more and the more I think about it. But it was, it was a good show.
0: Yeah, it was. I I, I saw it on Dynamite, and then I saw it even more on Rampage D. I think there is already a difference with this new guy in production. It just feels better paced. I think Tony's getting input from him how to pace the show because Dynamite felt better paced, and this felt better paced. So you had the main event. It was uh, Best Friends, Dustin Rhodes and Orange Cassidy versus Butcher, Blade, Kip Sabian, and Trent Seven. Uh, You had the Baby Faces getting a win here as Orange Cassidy hit a big old orange punch on Tret Seven followed by uh Dustin Rhodes hitting the bulldog for the 1 2 3. This was your fun typical party match that AEW is known for. I love the finish with uh Kip Sabian taking the the soft kicks to the to the balls, distracting the referee long enough for Dustin to hit Shattered Dreams. That was great stuff. Great humor and a great uh, mix of characters here. And I like how uh the commentary during the the entrances connected every everything. everything to the last couple of weeks, how this whole thing, this whole eight man tag was set up in the dynamite diamond battle Royal from last Wednesday's dynamite. And then followed up with Trent seven versus orange Cassidy last week into this eight man tag here. So they actually explained what was going on. Yeah. See, that's what they should do more because
1: viewers always to me, when I booked, I always tried to make it. If if anybody is a first time viewer, Clue them in. Yeah, you're going to be redundant, but keep talking and keep talking and keep talking. And if you got good commentators, they will have ways they can say the same thing they've been saying, but in a different way. So it doesn't get old. It doesn't get repetitive. But if they tell me what's going on so I can understand it first time, then I got it. See, what I don't get is, you know, he's talking about uh, the Jade girl. I, I, didn't, I didn't get what they were talking about. And then again, I'm I'm not a big fan of their backstage interviews anyway. But this is on commentary, which is where it should be done. How many commentators did they have tonight?
0: I think it's just the three now. They do Jim Ross, uh, Excalibur, and Taz on Rampage now. How often does Tony Schiavone do it? Tony Schiavone's on Dynamite on Wednesday. Who's with him? Uh, he's with Excalibur and Taz on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. They just alternate. They have Tony on Wednesday and Jim Ross on Fridays. You know, about, I don't know, about a year ago,
1: Jeff Jarrett, he texted me and he says, Vince wants ideas for what to do about Raw and SmackDown. I think it was Raw. He says, can you write some stuff down? I said, yeah, I can write stuff down. And he said, oh, they're going to pay you. They're going to pay you. I said, oh, well, didn't. I write a lot of stuff down there. They're going But one of the things I said to do, oh, by the way, before we get any farther, I never got a dime out of it. <laughs> I mean, it's just like they, I wrote it and sent it, sent it in. But one of the, my suggestions was take that commentary team down to two. Three was too much. Now, I know on Raw and SmackDown, they got to be promoting all this other stuff. I know. But three, I mean, they had that – who's the girl on AEW now? What's her name? She married to Moxley. Renee. Renee. Renee Renee Piquet. They put her out there one time. She is good. But the way they had her out there, you know, they just – she was just – they just fluffed her off. Like she didn't didn't mean anything. But I'm never a fan of three-man teams because it's too many people talking. Now, Monday Night Football could do it because they didn't stomp all over each other. But here when they're trying to promote, oh, we're coming to somewhere in Colorado, blah, 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 blah. And they're talking so fast sometimes. You just miss it. They get it in. But I don't know how many people hear it. See, like in Raw, they said, remember last week, they really pushed Chicago. Yeah. This is going to happen in Chicago. This is going to happen in Chicago. And set it slow, said it with force, and they didn't jumble their words. You knew that next week something is going to happen in Chicago, which is why you go to wrestling anyway. You want to see what's going to happen. And, but when you have three out there, you don't know what you are saying. A lot is lost that shouldn't be lost.
0: It's difficult to, to get things across, but I, I would say like I said at the top of the show, I really enjoyed both shows tonight. I do agree with Dutch. SmackDown was the better show. Had the best match on either show with uh, Gunther versus Ricochet, so that's why I give that the edge, but Rampage, I will say, has been better the last two weeks, so my suggestion to AEW is just keep putting John Moxley in the first 15 minutes, having great matches, and follow up on this Hangman Page feud, and I think Rampage will be okay.
1: Did we did we say why Rick is not with us tonight? Did we get that in? Did no, we we, were, we 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 didn't. Meant to that I was going to close with that actually, Dutch. Oh, okay. I'm not t- trying to say you how you do your job, but but somebody wrote in a little earlier, like Rick or something, and yeah
0: is rick rick had to work late he's been dealing with uh his kids being under the weather throughout the week so i want to send our best wishes to his uh little girl you know hope she's feeling better hope the whole family is doing well and rick will be back with us next friday good
1: i miss rick i think we make a good team we now do. Are, we
0: on, are we on the new channel now yes we are wrestle binge by sports Wrestling Dutch. What is that? So name? binge wrestle binge by sports keto wrestling. So so Dutch we need, we need to do a marathon
1: and go like 24 hours, nothing but talking wrestling and let it you run know. through just see what it'll do. See if we can set a record the longest bullshit wrestling interview ever. Just just keep it going. Keep it and going. We, we just uh, we we just get people off the street. Hey, you watch wrestling? No, well, I don't care. Have you ever seen it on TV? Well, time to too. Well, tell us about that. And hey, well, can
0: be Let's close off with the other big news stories we talked about Sasha earlier in the pod. Here, let's talk about the two other big news stories of this week. Mandy Rose released from WWE following some uh, private content website material that WWE said didn't uh, went against her WWE agreement and went against WWE's agreement with Mattel. She was forced to be released a day after she ended the third longest reign as NXT Women's Champion with Roxanne Perez defeating her on this week's NXT. Apparently that was a last minute made decision and this was a very abrupt release where uh, she wasn't really given the warning to kind of tone down. It's been various reports going back and forth but what's your kind of what we know right now being that she got released due to the content she was putting on the uh, private use site. What's your thoughts on this Dutch? She was on like Only fans. No, she was on fan time. It's called fan time. And they didn't warn her. You said, well, we heard a report from Wrestling Observer that said that she wasn't given a warning to tone things down. But we also heard from Fightful that uh, she knew that she was she was in jeopardy of getting in trouble with management because of the content she was putting on the site. So it's been a kind of a mixing of of reports in a bit. Have you seen it? I I have done my proper research because I am a professional. Oh my God. I am a professional, and yes, okay. I have seen what the content. I, well, let's.
1: What kind of content is? Is it pretty raunchy?
0: All I will say is that there was one photo with uh, Mandy Rose and her significant other where Mandy was completely naked. Uh, you cannot see any of her naked parts because they were in a shower. It's not very close up, it's a little far away. But Mandy's uh, posterior was blocking the genitalia of her significant other.
1: I see. Yes. Okay. But if she wasn't warned, I guarantee you, she's probably making more
0: money. That was the other report: is that she's making more money than her WWE deal with the site. And WWE, I think,
1: are thinking, "Hey, we gave you the notoriety to get on the channel, and now you're benefiting off us." And it probably rubbed them the wrong way. You got to remember that WWE is your employer. Even though you are a third-party vendor, you're a uh, self-employed vendor. Still, remember I told you the guy you want him to cut your grass, but no he wants to do your hedges. Well, you're paying him to do do all of it, but so if he doesn't do it, you can just it's uh, you, you can get rid of him. So I hate it for her. I hate that they didn't warn her. But by the same token, she might say, well, yeah, I wish you would because I'm probably I'm not going to make more money than you. You're paying me and I don't got to go anywhere. I'm not traveling all over. Makes sense.
0: Yeah, because honestly, hey, she, she 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 could be someone that could go to impact wrestling and make more money. Then she's making it in WWE because of the site and Impact Wrestling paying her, and she might be better, uh, become a better performer because of being in a place like Impact Wrestling.
1: Well, I think if she's making a lot of money, wrestling might be the last
0: thing on her mind. That that's she also makes, true.
1: She may just be using it just for the to get her name value out there, because get all those young horny young boys out there tuning in watching that, and some of those I've been reading, some of them are killing it literally killing it. You know, Jim Cornette is killing it. I I heard somebody give me a figure of what he was making a month. It's unbelievable. And all he's doing is sitting there talking bullshit that I've heard 10,000 times in the dressing room and I just blew it off like, eh, he's great to listen to as long as he's not talking politics. But he's great to listen to. But when he put it, on a podcast that the people have never heard before. They go, My God, this guy's entertaining as hell. And you know Jimmy?
0: I, I know of Jim Jim Cornette, of course. Yeah. yeah. Never met him? No, I never met Jim. A, a good guy. You gotta but, introduce me. Oh, I will.
1: And then he'll just start, God damn, he'll just start cussing. <laughs> I mean, he was cussing. I, I mean, I thought I I I cussed a lot. Man, I don't do anything close to him. I can't. I'm not even in the same caliber as Jimmy. And he comes up with, you know, all kind of adjectives for everything. And you wonder where in the hell. I mean, if he's just coming off the top of his head for that, it's unbelievable. But I know Jimmy. Jimmy told me he was practicing interviews. You know how old he was? How old? About eight,
0: 10. Doing interviews. Don't I love it. But, but, but and then but, let- Let's end off the show, Dutch. Your favorite person in the world, Vince McMahon. A new report in the Wall Street Journal this week, talking about two legal matters uh, with Rita Chatterton, as well as a massage therapist uh, in Boca Raton, uh, Florida, uh, taking legal matters, suing McMahon for millions of dollars uh, due to his sexually misconduct allegations. But more importantly to a lot of people, Vince McMahon is aiming at a comeback to wwe with apparently those within wwe are firmly against it however wrestling observer reported that there is a chance that vince could do it he could nuke the board of directors because he still controls the main voting power to get himself back in power well
1: i think that was would do more harm than good even though he wants to get back in there I think he's cutting off his nose and spot his face, but but I don't uh, see. I don't. I'm not, you know, privy to all the the contracts or what kind of agreement they have or anything. I don't see him coming back. I don't know how he could come back at this point. Uh, and the thing with Chatterton and the, the lady referee. What year was that? That was in the '80s, right? The like
0: 1986. I
1: think it happened he's already paid did he pay any money in that
0: i don't I don't remember uh, anybody saying that they they paid out to her or I okay don't know. Yeah. did she sue did, okay did she sue him then I know I believe that she ma- she went public on it because she was the one that was on Rafael uh Geraldo well then it then it went away
1: because she was paid off I'm sure Probably so now, now he's saying. I don't give a crap. I'm not paying her any more money. All right? I'm not going to pay her anything. So, I don't know. You know, he's got good lawyers. So, and if anything's going to happen, he'll pay her off. She'll take a, she'll take a little trip. So all of a sudden she's sitting here, and all of a sudden this comes up. Well, I'll make a million dollars on this. So I'm going to go ahead and get
0: out there again. I don't blame her. All right, Dutch, please let the people know where they can follow you on social media and what you got going on, sir. Well, you can talk to me, Dirty Dutch Mantel with two
1: L's, at gmail.com. On Instagram, Dirty D Mantel. Get me there. Facebook, just as Dutch Mantel. I'm refusing to send Elon Musk $8 I'm just not going to do it because principal, because he wouldn't do it before. You know, I've tried to get the the, uh, the blue check mark. Yeah. The they wouldn't even talk to me. I said, what the hell, guys? You know, and it was free. But no, can you prove who you are? Yeah, well, I don't know. Your real name and this name is different. So all of a sudden, they had all kind of concern about me, but didn't have a concern about anybody else. All those damn... Terrorists in Iraq, hell, they got on there and got blue check marks, and I can't even get nothing. So I'm I got, I, I'm done with them. Anyway, hey, if you'd like to read my book, I, I read a review on this today. It said a guy has never read a wrestling book like the two I wrote because I, I don't just write about wrestling. I write about going up and down. I write about everything, fights, and it's not all about me. It's the Tales from a Dirt Road. I love that name. Tales from a Dirt Road, Dirty Dutch, and The World Recording Dutch. And you can find out about those books. And I will autograph them for you. Dirty Dutch, Mantel with two L's, at gmail.com. Make a great Christmas
0: present. Hit them up, hit them up, y'all. You can find me on the Twitter machine at True Hill SP3. Tomorrow we'll go live on the True Hill Heat YouTube channel for True Hill Heat 205, our flagship podcast. Uh, myself and Miss Chrissy Love will be joined by special guest Kate Elizabeth of Fightful. Uh, she's over at Fightful, She's one of the, the podcaster, one of the uh, contributors at Fightful. Great personality. We've had her on the show before. She's going to be joining us talking about Mandy Rose release from WWE, Sasha Banks and New Japan, Visic Man wanting a comeback, plus much, much more. So join us live tomorrow for True Hill Heat 205. But Let's end off SmackDown here for Dutch Mantel for Rick Uchino. It's me, it's me, your True Hill Phenom SP3. This has been Smack Talk on WrestleBinge by Sports Keto Wrestling. We are signing off until next time.